The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that pays tribute to people of the past by telling their stories today. I'm Gabe Luzier, and today we're reflecting on the struggles of a lesser-known figure of the American civil rights movement, a woman whose personal act of defiance wound up affecting a permanent change in the nation's legal system. The day was September 26, 1963. The Alabama Supreme Court upheld the contempt conviction of Mary Hamilton. The 28-year-old black civil rights activist had been arrested for nonviolent protest earlier that summer. Then, at a trial to determine the legitimacy of her arrest, she was disrespected by a white prosecutor who insisted on addressing her by her first name only. Hamilton refused to answer any questions unless the prosecutor used the word miss when addressing her. And for that, she was held in contempt of court and sentenced to five days in jail. Hamilton appealed the decision to the Alabama Supreme Court that fall, only for the all-white justices to affirm the earlier ruling. Remarkably, though, the Miss Mary case, as it came to be known, didn't end there, as there was still one higher court left to appeal to. Mary Hamilton was born in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, on October 13, 1935. She was light-skinned, like many members of her family, but throughout her life she refused to pass as white. Her family moved to Denver, Colorado when she was still a young girl, and after graduating high school there, she went on to attend Briarcliff College and Manhattanville College, both in New York. For a time, Hamilton considered becoming a nun but she later changed her mind and became an English teacher instead. Then, in the early 1960s, she heard about the burgeoning civil rights movement and decided she had to be a part of it. She joined the Congress of Racial Equality, or CORE, and became a freedom rider. In 1960, the U.S. Supreme Court had banned segregation at bus and train stations, 
but in the South, the practice remained alive and well for years to come. Hamilton and the other Freedom Riders traveled all over the South, testing the region's resistance to the ban, organizing protest rallies, and registering black voters. In 1961, she and her fellow activists were arrested in Jackson, Mississippi, where they were subjected to stuffy jail cells, invasive exams, and condescending police. Undeterred by this demeaning treatment, Hamilton continued her work, becoming a core field secretary and eventually its southern regional director. In the years that followed, she was arrested again numerous times for protesting, and during those incarcerations, she was routinely ridiculed and beaten. But through it all, Hamilton stayed true to the principles of her nonviolent movement. She was polite and quiet, but never passive. For example, after one arrest in Lebanon, Tennessee, the mayor paid a visit to her cell to gloat, but when he referred to her as Mary, she told him her name was Miss Hamilton, and that if he didn't know how to speak to a lady, then he should leave, which he did. Withholding the honorifics of Mr., Miss, or Mrs. from black people was a common practice in the 1960s South. Like the use of the terms boy or girl to refer to black adults, it was a not-so-subtle way to erase their identities and remind them of their place. Mary Hamilton knew the tactic all too well, and she pushed back on it every chance she got. But her most famous act of defiance took place in an Alabama courtroom in the summer of 1963. Earlier that spring, Hamilton had helped organize a protest in Gadsden, Alabama, a factory town about 60 miles northeast of Birmingham. She and more than a hundred other activists were arrested on charges of disturbing the peace, and later that summer, they were called to stand trial. On that June day in court, several white witnesses were questioned about the Gadsden protests, and every one of them was addressed by Etowah County Solicitor William Rayburn as either Mr., Miss, or Mrs. Then it was Mary Hamilton's turn to testify, and thanks to the court transcript, we know exactly what she said. What is your name, please? asked Solicitor Rayburn. Miss Mary Hamilton, she replied. Mary, Rayburn started. I believe you were arrested. Who were you arrested by? My name is Miss Hamilton. Please address me correctly. Who were you arrested by, Mary? At that point, Hamilton said she wouldn't answer any questions until she was addressed correctly. Her refusal infuriated Judge A.B. Cunningham, and in the span of moments, he declared her in contempt of court and sentenced her to five days in jail and a $50 fine. Mary Hamilton served the jail time but refused to pay the fine. Then, when she was released on bond, her lawyers set to work appealing the conviction to the Alabama Supreme Court. It went about as well as you'd expect, given the era. On September 26, 1963, the justices upheld the conviction unanimously. But Mary's fight wasn't over yet. She enlisted the aid of the NAACP's Legal Defense and Educational Fund, and together they took her case to the nation's highest court. In the written filings, the lawyers made clear that, quote, the petitioner's reaction to being called Mary in a courtroom, where if white she would be called Miss Hamilton, was not thin-skinned sensitivity. She was responding to one of the most distinct indicia of the racial caste system. This is the refusal of whites to address Negroes with titles of respect. In other words, 
This wasn't just a breach of courtroom decorum. It was a violation of Hamilton's constitutional right to equal treatment under the law. Six out of nine Supreme Court justices recognized that fact right away. In March of 1964, they issued a summary reversal, overruling the Alabama courts without even hearing oral arguments. The ruling made clear that all U.S. courts must use respectful forms of address regardless of race or ethnicity, a precedent that still stands today. Hamilton's victory made headlines nationwide, and she was even featured on the cover of Jet magazine. But she didn't particularly enjoy the spotlight, and after years of exhausting work on the front lines of the movement, she was ready to pass the reins to someone else. She returned to her first love of teaching, earning her master's degree in the field in 1971. She also worked as an organizer for 1199, a national healthcare workers' union. She retired from those roles in 1990 and passed away from ovarian cancer on November 11, 2002. Sixty years ago, the Miss Mary case secured a base level of courtroom courtesy for all Americans. But as you've probably noticed over the last decade, the fight for respect in this country is far from over. In our legal institutions, our halls of power, and in our offices and schools, women in general are still subject to condescension, name-calling, and sexual harassment. And for women of color, these abuses are often compounded, with even their basic competency called into question. That's why it's important now, more than ever, to remember the example of Miss Mary Hamilton, a woman who dared to defy her oppressors, and who in doing so, reclaimed both her name and her power. I'm Gabe Luzier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you want to keep up with the show, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. And if you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to pass them along by writing to thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thank you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I am the ferryman. 
In the shadows of the afterlife, the Ferryman of Souls guides America's most influential spirits to their eternal rest. Where are you taking me? Are you death? This road is not on any map. How much for a ticket? All I ask for in payment is a tale. I don't know who got to Kennedy first. And the devastation those first bombs caused. I've never been to hell, but I know intimately the hymns of the damned. Binge this season of The Passage now. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts.